When God Was Queer. This is another one of our Amphorisodes. This one's a little special because it's actually taken from a conversation we had a few weeks ago, but I thought it would fit perfectly with what we're doing this week. Now, if you're new to the show, the way that we structure things is we have Amphorisodes, which are sort of our like about 30 minute uh, mini episodes where we sort of just do like one myth or, you know, one's one conversation. And then we have our full episodes and those are usually about 90 minutes and they are, uh, in this case, since we're doing the Greek gods, uh, usually about one god where we do a real deep dive. And we usually keep them somewhat related. Well, what we are tackling today is one of our concept episodes. And so the way that we've been sort of doing things is working in cycles of three. So basically, we're doing three gods. Then we do the fourth episode is a concept episode where we talk about and we sort of tackle and examine the overarching themes and archetypes and motifs that we found in those three gods and their myths. And a lot of times we use comparative mythology for the discussion, and we have a great laugh while we're doing it as well. So in this concept episode this week, we're going to be talking about Hera, Athena, and Hestia. So tune in for that. It'll be up on Friday. Well, I think that's about it, so I'll stop yapping and let you get to the discussion. I have a question, because I know I mentioned in the beginning we would talk archetypes of deities, and we're getting to the end of the episode, but I, one of the things that I found the most interesting was sort of doing, uh, it's something I've done a lot of research about, like the archetypes of deities in different pantheons, and one of the factors in this, of course, is going to be like the Proto-Indo-European pantheon, right? Like, yeah. where you kind of see different iterations of the same pantheon all across Europe and, mm -hmm. and into the Middle East and down into South Asia, but that's not universal, though. Like, there are almost always going to be a god that's associated with like fire right because yeah. every human civilization needed it fire yeah. but you're not always going to see like an ocean god because right. if you lived in a landlocked desert you wouldn't have an ocean god right, <laughs> right. um so i wanted to know what some of your favorite um archetypes of deities were that you have seen or heard of because we did oh. we kind of previously discussed this off the show um i can spit some of them real quick if you want and then you tell me what you think um, because I also, I want this to culminate in everybody tell us what you think you would be as a deity in a pantheon. <laughs> what would your Aww. role be? So here is just a quick rundown of like some of the most common archetypes of deities. God of the art, crossroads God with all the different ways that could be interpreted. Yeah. Death deity with all the ways that could be interpreted. Divine twins, the dying God. Remember that's not. The rising and dying god, who's yeah. the resurrection god, right? Fertility god. Fire deity, which remember, again, like a lot of these have a lot of sub things. Like, for example, like <laughs> yeah. the fire god could also be the hearth god, the sun god, the god of the forge, the infernal god, the god of light, the volcanic god, the desert god. Those are all fire gods. You know what I mean? Yeah. The love god, god of love or sex or whatever. Lunar god. Solar god, obviously, right? Yeah. The master of animals which is like oh. one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Um, Artemis is a really good example of that. Mother goddess, or yeah, or mother god. Deities of nature. 
Remember, usually that means you're either like a, the you're the divine personification like of the ocean, oh, okay. or you're the goddess who presides over the ocean, the oracular god, the one who deals divination, prophecy, mm -hmm. communicating and revealing things to humanity, the sky god, of course, like everything that goes mm -hmm. with that, the trickster god, triple deities of any kind, and the water god, the weather god, and the war god. Damn. There's obviously a lot more than these, but that's like a hefty list anyway. I mean, those are yeah. all awesome. Also, yeah, they also sound yeah. so badass. I'm really attracted to the trickster idea mm. of a trickster. I'm really attracted. I, I like. I, I guess I won't say who I think I am yet, but like, I love the idea of a death god. I know it's not me. It's like I want to be a death god, but I yeah. feel like to be a death god, you have so much empathy. There's like a lot of kindness in that, yeah. or like a lot of generosity. Or you have god. to consciously be one of like the really malicious death gods who is like yeah. merciless. Yeah, and, and that doesn't. Fit, there like, kind of is either. not an in between. Yeah. No, it's exactly. And <laughs> well, so it's sort unless, of like unless you're kind of like a void. There are certain death gods that are like inherently unknowable and faceless. Oh, yeah, they're just they well, just kind of reside over but, the whole. But yeah, I think. I think definitely for me, the trickster is a big one. I, I, I'm interested in kind of all of them, but um, the ones that are a little more like liminal space, like the ones that are a little less mm. like defined, you know, like God of War, cool. God of Love, cool. But like, I think like, you know, all the ones that are a little bit more in between are, are kind of interesting. I mean, mm. obviously, like psychopomps are my fucking jam also yeah, so yeah. like we've <laughs> talked about them a lot already but like i feel like psychopomps crossroads like that's that's kind of where it's at i feel like at my most responsible i i would probably i think i could actually be like fit the role of the death god or the oracular yeah. god mm. um because like working with children like that totally is my main tool is compassion working with kids um, reminds me a lot of being a death god like it definitely or an oracular like, god having to explain yeah. incredibly hard concepts totally. to very young developing minds is literally the gods talking to the humans and being like all right bro like you gotta figure this out because like yeah <laughs> and like not looking at history as just like a bunch of accounts to learn but like being able to read history, yeah. right um and so like that being a main part like that's my main tool um and it's like pr facilitating the transformation of their minds right uh which i see as death uh which is like especially when you're working with middle schoolers right you are the facilitator of their death as a child because that's when they start to separate themselves from their parents thoughts yeah that's when totally they start to have their no own it's transformation 100 percent. but i think uh but then again i i do have to say i think everything that you said also matches with the trickster god because so much of how you implement that has to be roundabout ways. Roundabout ways, finding the, the, finding the technique, yeah. There's very few pantheons where the trickster god is not the wisest one and oh, is yeah. doing their trickstering to teach everyone a lesson. And I was going to say, I think at, at most of the time, I'm probably that trickster god or the fire god. Mm. Um, sometimes they're the same. Uh, because I think... One, the way in which I like to teach is often through games, is often through kind of being like, uh, for instance, getting like my sixth graders to, I had them do like a, uh, 
this thing where they all represent gods and they're arguing to see who gets like the gilded branch of this like family tree sculpture mm. um and then like yeah i graded all of it i decided on a winner and i just decided to not tell them and they've been yelling at me about it since like october awesome. um and i think that's hilarious and i won't tell them um and i made up a reason <laughs> i was yeah, like sorry the roman gods came in and took all the plans so i guess we have to learn about them it's now a good lesson. because uh i can't tell you who won the greek god thing and now they're in the Roman You know what? Thing. That's actually a really valuable lesson for them, though, because I bet you if they ever get really interested in history as, like, a really either personal or professional venture, um, and they are so intrigued about something, and then they realize, like, we don't know. Yeah. Like, we yep. lost that. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's a super This is going to be the thing that they tie it to in their life experience of like, well, I guess I have to keep going. Yeah, and I think that's... <laughs> you know? Just being a person, that happens all the time. We have to d- accept that certain things, there's no closure. There's no final yeah, closure. Yeah, and it's unknowable. And I think there's just is- ultimately, like, the way that I teach, also just, like, having, you know, being really interested in swords, but then also I bought a lyre a few weeks ago. I play video games, but I you like but I also was like yeah. on varsity football and track. Like just all of the like I can't keep my brain in one place. I have to do all of the shit. Um mm-hmm. and I feel like that part of me uh, is more my driving motivation whereas like the things that would make me kind of more associated with like a death god or an oracular god are the tools that I've gotten really good at using. But, like, my mm. actual motivation to move anywhere is probably much more off of that trickster god shit. Uh, my family has a Zoom on Saturdays, and one of my aunts is really, like, we have to get off at the time we say we get off. And, I like, every week I've just found a way to extend it, like, past that till about 20 minutes. And this last week I didn't do it, and we still ended up 20 minutes past. And she was the one telling stories, and I was like, Psychology. yeah, that's the beauty of this. Like, I do it enough times where now the, the prank just the continues. And so at the yeah. end of that I was like, well, you know, my aunt, since aunt wants to keep talking, I guess, like, I'm going to have to be the one to tell us we all have to leave. And her face was just, oh, it was so good. <laughs> just, like, what I live for. Um, and just, like, that is the warmth that animates my body in the morning. Yes. So I feel like I'd have to be, like, trickster at, at the... Trickster, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I- I'm... I feel like I'm Crossroads Sun Trickster Moon. Like I feel like there's a lot of tri- there's a lot of trickster. In oh my god, what- that took me a second to go astrology. I was like, okay, wait a minute, that's four like, fucking gods. Yeah. No, I no, thought no, you no. meant like, oh, no, okay, I'm no. Crossroads Sun, Solar yeah. Yeah, Trickster yeah, yeah. Lunar, no, I- and then I and then I still didn't go to astrology, and I went. Okay, so they're saying that they're a trickster when the sun is up, but they're <laughs> yeah, a crossroad totally. gods. But then they go back and they live at the crossroad when the moon is that, up. That's okay. kind of sick. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, yeah, that is pretty cool. I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm like, I'm crossroads, but I'm, but like, trickster light because not even light, but like inside. I really feel like it's because they work together, and I, I relate a lot to what you're together, saying. Yeah. yeah, and I, I what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me, Vince. For me as well, I also I don't teach, and I don't think I ever could. I don't have that kind of patience, but I do have when I direct and when I produce and when I facilitate things. Like I take on a role of like facilitating mm-hmm. people through thing, and I often use similar tactics. Yeah. Like I, I know I'm the person. Everyone knows I'm the person that can keep peace and uh, and work through like the most difficult people i find a way of communicating i have like a way i have a way of communicating and getting to the other side of something yeah. that most people find they hit roadblocks with 
certain situations or certain people and i don't because i have like an innate ability to sort of shape shift in that way That's like i can kind of move heard it. To... oh yeah it's like so crossroads it's like i i definitely and it's my way of like that's why i'm a good producer because I'm able to work with a bunch of different kinds of people and like find ways and commonalities and like, fi- but also bend them to my will in the end. Like in the end, it's not, I'm uh, like, it's like soft power. Well, I think that's you know? why fire also makes sense in that like fire gods, right? Cause like it's ultimately the transformation of something really, really hard and, and uh, kind of at, at its point unusable until it's transformed by fire. Um, and fire is the thing that allows society to exist. Right. So it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like a that li- fire in itself is almost liminal, um, and and I think that, totally. that those liminal gods are yeah kind of where my my brain definitely goes. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Dakota. <laughs> I don't. You know, I'm I'm one of those. People you don't know. Like, I I ask people all you the post time. The question. I'm th- I'm that bitch who like will pose twenty questions to a group and have the best conversation in the world going, and every time it comes back around to me, I'm like, oh, I didn't think. I thought it'd be a great question for the group. Fuck. Why That's why you're work? a good teacher. Because <laughs> I I I thrive off of like that great conversation, you know. So, huh? I see you um, as. Well, we thought of it off the spot, off the top of our heads too. I mean, we, I didn't I'm, plan this. I'm gonna be honest. Feels right though. I think. If I'm being, if I'm not talking about like, because I, I feel like I always did this growing up of like, yeah, I know what X Men power I want, yeah. but let me be honest about which one I'd probably. Well, that's what get. I said. I want to be God of Death, but I'm you not know, a God of like, Death. Like I'm, I'm not. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna get the one I want. <laughs> uh, which, which one am I actually? For real, yeah. A hundred percent. I think it's one of two things. Uh, I would say, I would be a fire god. Yeah. I don't. I think that's unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I and I want to say that I would be a hearth god. I, that's what I was thinking. But I, I think, think so. I think realistically, I'd be like a desert god mm. that you had. No, to No, like, I think I think you could be a hearth god. I look at this podcast. Well, like, yeah. my thing is just like my relationship to you has been like essentially sitting at your feet and learning things. Yeah, right? me too. Me and also look at this for, entire like, you podcast. You giving me shit, like you teaching me shit, you connecting me to other people, all things you do I, around a heart. I see you 100% like that. But that's the thing is there has to be a vengeful side because you have to understand you're one of how many people who's ever approached me and that's why i did sun and moon (laughs) well no because you're literally one of the only people who's ever like you you have to think about how many people want my time and attention and then the people who actually get it and how everyone else just proximity to the fire vengeance proximity you know what i'm saying and also (laughs) i think about like i've seen you in witch school when someone comes in and you know the energy is off and they're like in the back talking or something it's vengeance and they get the fuck out yeah um or like you know disdain for leos like (laughs) like it's (laughs) Well, it's who earned. likes Leos? <laughs> no, no one. So I, I, Nobody I, likes Leos. And I feel like the closer you are to the fire, the more light and warmth you get, right? So, like, I think that makes a lot of sense. I would hope that the closer that you get to the fire, it is also demanded of you to only bring truth and integrity because everything else will be burned away. Yeah. And that would be kind of my abiding yes, principle. Yes, that is you. Um, I Because, like, fire gods are also, like, the gods of light and truth, yeah. you know? Yeah. like And that, that, to me, is a very important thing that I've had to work really hard to extract from the biblical God Mm -hmm. as its own concept that doesn't always ring true of him. Mm -hmm. And that is a thing outside of that context and can be a really pure and beautiful thing. Um, But if I have to be honest, for me, it was two. It was either the fire God or 
I would say the moon god. Hmm. Hmm. Because I'm so in love with the night. Yeah. Yeah. And I function the best at night. And I'm in love with the moon. And I'm in love with so many of the deities and spirits. And I find commonality between myself and the deities and spirits that are associated with nighttime and the moon that are I not also, water. Yeah. yeah. But I also think what you were saying, what you were saying about fire, though, like can also work for the moon for you in terms of I think you're very it's important for you to uncover night. uncover knowledge and uncover things that are maybe yeah. not seen at first that are like, hidden that are hidden you're like the you're like a master of uncovering hidden truths and connections and things that other people wouldn't see or know so i think the moon totally works for you in that way yeah because it's like the moon as like the earth's torch i love the moon reveals that same yeah the moon's sick like symbolically (laughs) i love the moon i feel like for me it it has been my life experience that i've always been in like a really strong judge of character yeah. Like on site, I know exactly what I need to know about someone. Me and it too. has never failed me. Same. And I have spent count, there's been countless times I didn't listen to myself when I was younger and then paid for it. Yep, and of one of the things that is always like really rough is when you are in a group of people and you immediately know that something's off and no one else yeah. gets it. This has been yeah. my entire life because and I you, always say you it, make the decision and then that works everyone for you. thinks you're a dick. <laughs> everyone <laughs> thinks you're a dick. It all makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, you give it like a couple months, and everybody comes back to you and goes, "How did you know? How did you know? Yeah." <laughs> and I'm like, "Bro, like, why can't you just trust that? Like, I know this shit. I have no vested interest in in not being friends with not liking that I people. Meet. Yeah. I would. Yeah. It would be much easier for me if everybody was awesome when I met them." But that's not the case. And for me, I do not have the capacity. Maybe it's empathy. Maybe it's bandwidth. I don't know. But I don't have it to suffer fools. No, I don't either. Who I know no. it's not going to work out with. I Immediately I know, and then I just move on. I'm not going to do a test run. I know what's going to happen. I'm good. So that's that light and truth and fire thing. But also, there's a part of that is also personal protection and boundaries, and so I've always identified with the moon deities who you have to work really hard to get to and you have to hazard a lot along the way. And they mm-hmm. may not welcome you. Yeah. They may not make you feel soft and cuddly. Their wisdom, let alone if there is any affection, has to be earned. Sometimes yeah. in a trial by ordeal, by going into the, the dark and terrifying woods and finding that you know sacred liminal space and then appealing to the moon and and being then suddenly you know going through this whole transformational process and there's a deep part of me that identifies with the moon because the moon is the most transformative it Mm -hmm. is in mythology and folklore always tied with causing transformation in people and creatures and mental health and the earth and the water and all those things And to me, that makes the most sense. Yeah, so... That's totally you. That's totally you. It makes perfect sense. I'm the moon if it was made out of fire. Perfect. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm a fire moon. Yeah, because I I also think, like, that's why I think I wouldn't be... Like, I love the moon, but it wouldn't be... That wouldn't be me. Because I'm the type that, like, even if I do get the bad vibe off of it, I might just fuck around with it just because I just want to see what happens. That's that trickstery part of you. That doesn't make you a sun god. That makes you... Yeah, but what if I poke it with a stick, though? What's going to happen? You know, like, you can't help yourself. 
and that intersection with like storytelling gods too mm. like they i and they're often you know trickster or liminal gods yep. as well because that's where they get their stories from yeah um but one god that did always comes up for me that i just don't know where else they are represented that i uh, that i love is sobek um the crocodile sobek is one of yeah Sobek is one of my favorites because it represents the chaos of the Nile, but mm. not necessarily like chaos in like the ah everything's crazy way, but the chaos of like violent change. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something that like makes my soul excited to hear like violent change. But also the epithet for Sobek is uh, he who eats while copulating, um, which oh. I just think is like as like your primary thing that you're known for um, is just utter indulgence. Yeah, yeah. indulgence. Um, and, like, being so important to the people, like, Sobek is incredibly important because, again, society wouldn't exist without it. What? So, like, that, that Sagittarius idea... person is a fucking lush? <laughs> I've never heard of a Sag who was a lush. That's never happened in the history of the world. You're ruled by Jupiter and you overindulge on everything? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, but it's an important thing to remember is that, like, for, and especially for us, like, living where we, like, in the time that we are, it's like, Joy is just as important as hard work, as lessons, as yep. going through shit. Like without the joy, without indulgence, right? There, there. Those are lessons as well, right? Those thing, those things teach us things as well. They teach us how to be alive and show that to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like that idea of like violent change yeah. being um, connected to indulgence. Well, um, I only think that it's overindulgence when you engage with false joy. Mm. When you yeah. are constantly yeah, willing to surrender happy. yourself to the thing that feels good for a moment and then brings you yeah. a lot of suffering. Yeah. That's overindulgence. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I deal with that a lot as somebody who has struggled with my weight my whole life and is the heaviest I've ever been. You know, like, would it make me feel incredible to order, you know, pizza right now? Yeah, it would. And then after yeah. I eat it, I'm going to feel like Hard. shit. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Not because I oh, I shouldn't eat that. No, because I'm going to be on carb and dairy overload because I have digestive issues around stuff mm. like that. It's I'm going to suffer. Why would I do that? That's yeah. overindulgence. That sounds now, awesome. if I so I have to find that middle way of like what's cheating on my diet? Uh sushi because it has rice and mm. I love sushi. And so, you know, I'm I trying to do it. like this like I'm trying to do keto where you only should have a certain amount of carbs a day. Yeah, me too. So if I then I have to like not have carbs the rest of the day. Yep. Fucking let me tell you right now, sushi's worth it. Sushi is yeah. worth it. Like that, I'm like, okay, I yeah. will fucking 100%. derail myself any day for some good. Like, I get a crazy tuna roll, which is like spicy, crunchy tuna, and then on top of it is pepper tuna and avocado, oh. and I dip that in spicy mayo. Bitch, oh, <laughs> I get that with an with an anari avocado roll. My God, yeah. you've never. It is just so good. And I'll just drink spicy mayo, bitch. I'll put it on as a face <laughs> yeah, mask. Same. <laughs> yeah. I'll fucking it's the shit. So But you forge same. you know, you forge yeah. a lesson for yourself in trying Learning. to figure that yeah. out. Yeah. Right? To figure out that joy without it being overindulgent. Well, that's the whole thing, is to me, I find the most joy I find in life is in truth mm. and in knowledge. And uh, to me, I've never understood a situation in which I held a belief or had an opinion. And then did more research or found out more information, which then debunked that opinion or, or right. truth or um, knowledge and then felt, no, I'd rather hold on to the thing I now know is yeah. false yeah. ever. The, the, the joy is in learning the truth yes. and right. then shedding the yeah. thing that doesn't serve you anymore and totally. moving on to the next thing. 
It's so fun. You know, uh, to me, it knowledge. is truly what um, Socrates said. I, I truly live my life by the true measure of wisdom is finally learning what it is you don't know. If you the yeah, scope and a, the shape of all the well. things you're never going to figure <laughs> out is what true wisdom is. You know, and I right. will spend the rest of my existence in whatever form it is trying to learn everything I possibly can about everything yep. because it's because yeah, that shit's fun. It's awesome. You know. Also rooting you back to like the fire god thing, right? Like fire turns whatever is it's fed back into its original form of carbon, mm. right? Um, regardless of what And it nothing is, is wasted. Right. And that to me speaks of, okay, I had this thing. You're only going to fumble on this whole, you know, let go of falsehood once it's revealed to be falsehood if you hold on to it because you think by giving it up you're losing something. You're not. Mm -hmm. You're not. It's it's taking on a new form. It's going to act as fuel for your next exploration, your next discovery. Why would you turn that away? Because of some false momentary comfort. It's that same. It's the same false joy that you're overindulging in because you're holding on to some security blanket that is is basically strangling you and and yeah. and your entire effort to grow as a person. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of When God Was Queer. Yeah. You now know what kind of gods we are. And next week, you'll find out what our preferred offerings are. It's money. So yours is, wait, so yours is, wait, what? Pomegranates and swords? <laughs> I just yeah. said okay. money. I was just, you just said money. Yeah. No, no. It's You've seen the altar at the shop. It's, yeah, there's a couple money. saints that yeah. you're just like, bro, give me all your change. Um, yeah. I, pockets. I, I think mine would be like, Good whiskey and a, and tobacco pro, who would mm. just genuinely be it. I'm definitely a yeah. god that would smoke for sure. Mine is I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't have to have a jewel anymore. Bad. Mine's <laughs> mine's bad whiskey. So bad whiskey. Yes. <laughs> I'm also thinking I very much want different liquors if I'm a fire god or if I'm a moon god. Because if I'm a moon god, mm -hmm. I want gin. I want gin yeah. Ooh, yeah. all the time. It doesn't even have to be like maybe Bombay Sapphire because it's a really nice bottle but like if you only have Beef Eater on hand that's fine too Beef Eater makes um, a great martini Beef Eater is good shit like yeah, it is sure nice is. if you want to do something fancy put some St. Germain on my altar don't open it and don't pour it out for me because I won't drink it but like I do <laughs> like the bottle a lot it's pretty it's yeah. practically a perfume bottle um, none of this is going in no not at all um, maybe a couple snippets but I I just started the outro and started an entire like conversation. Fuck! You just have yeah. to leave oh, a yes. sword. Like, no wait. Sword. Do they have to? Do they have to have like a bunch of pomegranates pierced by a sword? And then how many pomegranates? I'll cut it myself. Just you know. Okay, so just the sword. <laughs> a sword, sword and a pomegranate. pomegranate. A sword and a pomegranate. Mm -hmm. They're just getting set up for a fun. It can night. be a, and like sword is really loose. Like pretty much anything with a blade Edge on weapon. it. Like the, <laughs> that I could swing around. Like yeah. Hand over. <laughs> letter opener. Letter opener. <laughs> it can only be the things I, that I are illegal like... in your area. It has to be like a butterfly knife. Yeah. Or a switchblade. Yeah. <laughs> of which I own one, of course. I do too. Um, if you're a trickster like... god, your offerings have to be something where it's like it, the pomegranate has to be stolen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my thing is I think my like iconography would be I'm always holding a bladed weapon and I'm spitting out pomegranate seeds as I walk. Hell yeah. Oh, that's, that's legendary. That is. That's so we good. We need to get somebody to draw all three of us as these. If we gods. have any Yo, if that. we have anybody who listens who you does can? fan art, yeah. please portray yeah. us as our god forms because yes. we would love that. We'll fan make art. it to do art. art. I'll try and send you some coins. Like we would really just adore that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, we gave you the whole rundown. Um, I'm going to cut out really important information from this episode to keep those god things in. I'm telling you because I want this fan art. I just feel like your 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 ultimate like the the sound that needs to be played in ritual offerings to you is just mumblecore. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. That's it. Th- thrash dancing and, and mumblecore. That's yeah, it. True. Thrash <laughs> dancing to mumblecore to is like mumblecore. the ritual ecstatic weird. dance. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks again for joining us for another Amp 4 episode. We hope that you enjoyed the discussion, and we will see you on Friday when our main episode comes out. So remember, our Amp 4 episodes come out on Wednesdays, and our main episodes come out on Fridays. Uh, That's always at noon on each of those days. And we just want to thank you for tuning in. We're so excited about how the listenership for our podcast is growing by leaps and bounds and we are so excited to hear from you so if you want to reach out and you want to tell us your thoughts about the show if you want to ask any questions about any upcoming deities that we haven't covered yet all you have to do is shoot us an email at to when god was queer at gmail.com you can reach out on instagram or tiktok at when god was queer or you can do a really cool thing since we're hosting on Anchor and go to anchor.fm slash when God was queer. And you can actually leave us a voice note. And if it's real nifty, we'll include it in a future episode. So thanks again for tuning in. And it's just me right now because I'm doing all this in post. So uh, it's time for the cacophony of queerness. Do you, do you want to come and do it with me? So I'm not like completely alone. I'm going to have my partner B do it. You should follow. You should follow my partner on TikTok. Their TikTok is incredible. Uh, it's Brooklyn Witch, but the um, O's are zeros. All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ready? Be, Be gay. gay. Do crime. The, the gods, gods are always watching. <laughs> Bye.